Um, today is September 27th, 2015, and this is an interview with Hatchet singer and guitarist Jules Ramos by Nick Perkel. Now, uh, Jules, you guys are hitting up some brand new locations on this run of dates, including the Stanhope House in Stanhope, New Jersey. Like, how many brand new locations are you hitting this time around? Um, well, off the top of my head, a couple um, that stand out to me um, is Montana. Um, we're, we're playing a couple shows there. We haven't been there before. Um, what else? What else? Um, actually, where we're at today, uh, West Virginia, I don't believe we've been here either. Uh, we're playing at a, a place called Munchies. Um, and, uh, yeah, definitely those two off the top of my head are what stick out. And I guess I have a, I have some... Uh, some family um, or second cousins or something like that that are in Montana that they're going to come out to one of the shows there. But yeah, that, that'll be uh, kind of a trip. Now, like for you, what is it like when you venture into brand new territory? Um, it's kind of hard to say, man. Uh, a lot of what we do is basically just driving on the interstates, getting off, going right to the venue. And, uh, you know, most of the time we load in and we're at the venue or the, you know, the surrounding area for the most part. So when we go into a new place, it's kind of cool. I mean, um, going to see like new, like, you know, cityscapes and stuff like that of cities we've never been to. Um, but I'm starting to get quite familiar actually with a lot of, a lot of the areas and kind of like, Oh yeah, there's that place again. Here's that just kind of, I've been around a few times. Um, I don't know. It's always cool, I guess, to see something new and just kind of, it with your own eyes, um, you know, so when you, get, when you get into a new city or something like that. But we, we don't get a lot of time to, to do all the fun stuff that people get to do in those towns, usually. Like, um, I believe, like, it, you, like, your shows are starting at, like, pretty much 7 p.m., and typically, like, I guess, like, driving-wise, you probably get around to the venues by, like, 4 or 5 p.m., right? Um, it really depends. Um we try and load in with the tour package altogether. It just makes it easier. A lot of um, a lot of these shows have some local bands opening up. Like and like tonight's a perfect example. Our load in was 1 p.m. today. Um, wow. So actually, um, it was like a it was pretty much an eight hour drive in our van. It always adds another hour because we have to go slow with the haul and our you know trailer and gear and stuff. Uh, but yeah, like like today, um, or actually I should go back to yesterday's show when we're done. Um, Somebody has to drive part of when we have a drive like that. That's more than like three or four hours. We usually have to do half of it at night. So our drummer Ben, um, he doesn't really uh, partake in any extracurricular uh, alcohol or smoking activities. Tends to be the night driver. So uh, that kind of works out for us. And he's a, he's a night owl anyway. He usually sleeps late in the day. Um, yeah, he, he drove like four hours last night, and then I got up this morning uh, around eight thirty and started completing the drive. And then you know, of course, we were still a little bit late, but, um, you know, yeah, that's, that's kind of how we have to do it, man. Now, you've got a new album that's going to be released October 30th. Like, um, how how do you feel around the excitement when something uh, new comes out? Um, well, if you're specifically asking about something that I'm a part of, it's it's obviously something, uh, you know, very exciting. It's... Um, it's kind of been a longer process than I wanted um, due to uh, just the studio being not available in, in a, the manner of time I wanted to record it. But, um, yeah, it's kind of been sitting dormant for a little bit. It's, it's been probably going to be about three or four months that it's been done. Um, 
before it actually came out. So that that's kind of a nail biter, just waiting on it and, and waiting on it for for us, you know, because we've all heard it, you know, a thousand times by now. But um, no, excitement wise, it's it's uh, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's always good to have something new coming out, and always generally brings a, a slew of new people uh, into the band just from people posting about it or our label or whatnot. So yeah. Can you tell me about like the recording? And I guess production staff that were involved in uh, the creation of Fear Beyond Lunacy. Um, it was pretty minimal. It, um, we recorded it at the, the place we did the last one, uh, Dawn of the End. Um, a friend of mine named Nick. Uh, he owns a studio called ND Recording, and it's actually like ten minutes away from my house. Um, we pretty much did the thing in a home studio, you know. Um, besides the drums, those were done in a professional studio, but also by him. Um, he pretty much records, mixes, masters, and in a way that kind of does uh, a light job of helping produce in certain ways, you know, when certain things aren't coming out a certain way or when things can be better, he definitely pushes you to get to get your best results. And, you know, he has a good ear for music and he's a drummer as well, so he, he can help when, you know, sometimes you need a, a fresh ear outside of the band. Um, it was pretty much him and then all all band members. That was pretty much... The only people involved in it, really. Now, you followed up uh, Dawn of the End with another release on the End Records. What made you guys stick around for a second time? Oh uh, well, basically they were willing to have us, so <laughs> that's that's what it was. They were going to uh, the album deal with the two album deal. This was the second of that. They uh, it was their option to continue it, and they decided to exercise that option. And uh, I, I liked working with them on the last one, so we we went ahead and just stuck with what was. Something I already knew that was a sure thing, and and uh, just went ahead and did that. You think possibly you may want to work with them for the next album after that? I'm open to it. Um, I think at this point the choice is more on their end, and, and we'll have to see how things go with this. Um, you know, we're hoping for for better tourage and better, uh, you know, a better campaign this time around than, than Dawn of the End. I mean, we did uh, you know about I think like three three to four tours, only one of which was, was really big, um, but, you know, we hope this time around to, to line up a few more things and really push the record, and I think that will probably determine a lot of those factors of what we may or may not do after that, but um, I, I'm certainly open to it. They're, they're a great label to work with. What kind of mindset did you go into recording this new album? Um, basically, just to get it done as quick as I can, I guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the... Biggest fan of sitting in a in a room or a studio playing things over and over. I'm much more into doing live stuff. Um, so basically, my goal is just get through it as quick as possible and as painless as possible and make a good record. And I think that that's exactly what will be accomplished. Now, tell me about the writing of "In Fear We Trust." Um, the the lyrical content or the the music. Uh, both. Okay. Um, I you have you listened to the album? Uh yeah. yeah like okay. I listened to those three tracks. I mean, I picked out the ones that you were like, "Yo, I like these ones the best." So I figured it'd be good to talk about those. Okay. Well, that one is a little bit of a musical um, departure from our normal sound. Um, in my opinion, it kind of came out the strongest sounding song. Um, and also lyrically, um, I liked it. It was kind of again, it was a departure from the typical 
you know, post-apocalyptic shit that, you know, we write about, which, it, I mean, it's, it's sort of still there, but uh, it's a little bit more uh, prominent to what's going on in the world today, particularly, in my opinion, America. Um, just about kind of being, you know, flawed people and not not really thinking for ourselves and kind of, you know, you just kind of go, you kind of just engross yourself in this TV media world and it's like what they tell you to be afraid of is what you're afraid of, you know, and, and a lot of times when you really think back on it, these, these epidemics of things that they say are going to happen that people freak out about that they've been doing for ages, you know, um, a lot of it never seems to really happen and you kind of got to start thinking why that is and what the, what the purpose is for that. And that if you're not, you're not careful about that kind of stuff, that shit can just, just drive you insane, you know? Um, and then, uh, you know, musically again, you know, I think it's, it's a little more melodic than something we've done, some things we've done in the past. Um, a little more mid tempo, a little more double bass in it and stuff like that. I just wanted to try pushing the boundaries a little bit and not, not doing such a thrash thrash song on uh, on something, and I think it came out really well. Now speak about Dead and Gone. Okay. Um, that one. That one's again a little bit more of a mid tempo one. Again, a little bit more melodic. Um, went a little simpler in the approach to that one. Um, I don't know. I've always been a fan of ascending and descending riffs or riffs that sound like that, even if they don't. They're not played like that, and I feel it, it has kind of a good build up in itself. It's, it's got some mid tempo to it. It also has some faster parts. Um, and then basically, kind of just the lyrical content is about basically just a, a very uh, nihilistic person, a very uh, self hating person. And, you know, at times anybody can feel like that about themselves. And, or we all know someone that's like that. And it's just basically about someone that's kind of there, but not really there. You know what I mean? Kind of, kind of ghost space. They don't, they don't really, uh, they don't really have a personality. They're just, they're just nihilistic. They're hateful. And, you know, it's like, again, at times everybody can feel that way. And sometimes you're just those kind of people that are like that. And, uh, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a good uh, subject to write about. Now, tearing into hell, where did you come up with that one? Um, that one, if we're talking lyrical content, again, I kind of just went back to a more typical thrash approach on that one. Um, basically just about anything you could possibly do to not only get yourself into help, like make a grand entrance, so to say, like, this is like my resume of, you know, shit that I've done or people I've killed, murdered, whatever you want to say. And then, you know, just all evil things. And then it's just like, you make this grand entrance into hell, like I'm here, this is where I was destined for kind of a thing. And then, uh, musically, yeah, I just wanted to do something that was just, you know, just total ass-kicking thrash, and I think that that one definitely came out that way. Now, would you say you were most proud of that one on the album, or is there another song that you'd say was your number one pick? Um, my favorite, and uh, I'd probably have to say, is is uh, In Fear We Trust. Okay. Yeah. Now, what made you re-record Waiting Evil for this album? Um, you know, it actually kind of happened in two different parts. Uh, you know, we've, we haven't, um, not lately because we've had the tours that we have been on have been somewhat shorter sets, so we've been focusing on the Dawn of the End material, but every time we do get an uh, opportunity, we do play Awaiting Evil, um, 
and we tend to get really good crowd reaction from that one, even even people that have never heard it. And, uh, you know, that was just always a favorite of mine as well, that one in Frozen Hell, uh, which we recorded, re-recorded as well. Um, just to give a sense of what the band's about and sounding like nowadays versus what we were, uh, you know, on that first lineup when I was only on guitar, you know, I've been on vocals uh, for the majority of the time that the band has been informed now. Um, it's kind of funny to think of it that way, but... Uh, yeah, I just, I just figured it was it was a good time to do a little uh, a little throwback and put some better production on it and uh, and put my my vocals on it and you know see what what happened and I figured it would be I figured it'd be a, a cool treat as well for you know for fans that have stuck with us that long so it's kind of a a treat for that for them as well. Now, do you have any unreleased tracks that are just like sitting around in the Raptors to like be put on like a compilation or soundtrack? Um, at this time, not really. I mean, I have I have a song that's about three quarters of the way written that I just couldn't I couldn't go any further on when we were doing the writing for uh, um, for this last album, Fear Beyond Lunacy. Um, it was so I have it I have it saved away in my files, and it's a uh, it's pretty fast and melodic. Um, it's just I, I kind of hit a brick wall with it for whatever reason. I just I couldn't uh, I couldn't make anything happen on that that I was happy with. Um, so I might revisit that at some point. Um, you know, who knows? Time, time tends to fix those situations in certain projects. So we'll have to see on that. Now, does it have like even like a working title at this point? No, I don't. It's I don't know. I, now it's just riff B or something, song riff B, whatever I called it yeah. at the time. Okay. Now I guess this is a bit of a drawback, but um. With the housing crisis going on in San Francisco, how do you feel this has affected, like, the greater music scene in San Francisco and the Bay Area? Well, um, I, I definitely notice that people come out to uh, to shows less. I mean, that could, again, always be a, a factor of money. Um, even going to bigger shows where, you know, where we're not playing, but when I'm just in attendance as a fan, it seems the crowd's a little thinner there um, than most places. And, uh, you know, who knows? It could, it could be because you know, house prices are skyrocketing and people just don't have the kind of spending cash that they do. I mean, that's, you know, it's becoming one of the most expensive cities to live in in the country if, if it's not already. And it, uh, I'm sure it affects, you know, people's choices and which shows they go to when they go out, what, what they want to do. And, you know, or even if they do go to shows, they don't, you know, tend to not buy merch as much, maybe something like that. I mean, that's, that's kind of all, a, you know, an individual person perception. So it's kind of hard to answer that on behalf of of a city, but I would I would say yeah. that, that would probably be an effect um, that I might be able to call it, you know, draw a correlation to. Is that possibly like a, a West Coast thing? Because like I was in Portland earlier in the year, and I, I kind of was getting the feeling that um, some people were telling me, you know, house pr- housing prices are going to be going up, and it's just like, damn, that sucks. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm really not sure what what that's what that's about as far as Portland. I think I think Portland has seen uh, a huge surge of increase in people. Um, I, I don't know why people seem to love that city a lot. I mean, I, I like it too. It's, it's a cool place. Um, yeah, a lot of people, even that I directly know, have moved from the Bay Area to Portland, uh, friends or friends of friends, and I, I tend to hear that story a lot. Some people end up coming back. It's already happened within a few years, but I don't, I don't know. I, I guess the Portland experience is something that people seem to want to do nowadays, and maybe they know that the demand's there, and so that they can charge more for it, you know, you know, maybe similar to San Francisco. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, like, just like I had a, an amazing time there, and it was just like 
went to these underground record stores, and I'm like, I'm going to just, like, clean the places out when it came to their zines. It was just, like, nuts. It was, like, Christmas. But, um, do you see anything that could be done to improve the housing situation, or or do you think that's more of, like, just, um, that be in the realm of banks and things of that nature? Uh, at some point, I think it's, I mean, I I think it is getting out of hand, and I think at some point there needs to be some kind of federal regulation going on in there, but I don't, I don't know enough about the situation and really what would, what would need to happen to fix it other than some kind of regulation, maybe, maybe from a, a state standpoint or even, even greater, even a, you know, a country standpoint. I, I'm not sure where, where, who steps in where, but definitely some kind of, um, some kind of control there needs to start happening and say, hey, this is, you know, starting to get a little uh, out of hand, so. Okay, now. Pretty much finishing things up. What kind of merch you got this time around that you really need to plug for this tour? That I really need to promote? Oh uh, yeah. What kind of merch? Well, um, the biggest thing that I could say to promote, um, which you can actually order at the merch table with us this time around, is uh, you can pre pre order the new album. I mean, I know a lot of people aren't aren't fans of that because they can just go out and get it the day it comes out. But there's some, there's some cool bundles and stuff that you can get with it. There's a uh, like a beer koozie that comes with uh, the, one of the pre-order bundles at a good price and a shirt, a uh, shirt which we don't have on tour, so you can only get it through the, uh, the pre-order at this time. Um, so definitely that. Um, we have vinyl. We're going to have vinyl now, which was a big factor and still is now I'm hearing in why our record was delayed so much in being released. It's because there's a, a, sounds like a national shortage of vinyl. Um, funnily enough, I guess so many people are wanting it, but... Uh, yeah, a lot of labels are having trouble trouble getting their hands on it or getting a, a date for it, and it's it's just being ridiculous uh, in terms of you know demand. I guess that it's, it's pushing back orders on it so much. We will have it for this this album. I think we're limited to 500 things on it, and uh, they're going to be a, a turquoise vinyl to match the uh, you know the logo on the album cover and stuff like that. So it'll be a cool little uh, cool little gift to have, you know, a little memento, and then of course you know. Just the pre-orders, you get some cool stuff that we don't have with us on the road, so it would be good to uh, to make that uh, the, the thing to promote. Now, like I remember um, going to a Warbringer show a few years ago, and they had like this special kind of like single or EP with some like rough mix tracks or whatever. Like if you pre-ordered the album, do you have anything like a CD single or something like that for the people that are signing up to like get your get the album uh, shipped to their house in like a month or so? Um, the only thing I can really say about that, um, is I, I believe people that pre-order it are getting exclusive to, uh, to download, um, at least the two existing tracks that are out, which is, uh, The World Beyond and Living in Extinction. Um, beyond that, I know we don't have anything at the merch table necessarily with us. I mean, we, we have some, like, um, you know, some album art posters and some, uh, some band photo cards that we're signing and giving away when people pre-order it, some stuff like that, but not 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 anything that's like a, an additional CD or single. Okay. Um, would you like to go back to any questions or or say anything else? No, I think I think that's it, man. Just just thanks for uh, thanks for staying on top of me to to nail down yeah. the time. It's it's, uh, it's difficult, and I'm uh, I'm always happy to to do interviews with me uh, with you. It's just you know a timing issue as always when you're on the road. And you just you never know yeah, from a standpoint when you're going to be free. So, but no, thanks for uh, thanks for the interview. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate. It. I mean, I can appreciate like 
if you're driving like five or eight hours every day, it can be grueling. But uh, I do appreciate you taking the time in. Uh, final words. Final words, man. Go out and buy our album when it's out October 30th. I'll hollow the Dear Beyond Lunacy EDN Records. Cool. Hey, this is Jules from Hatchet, and you're listening to Japan Nick's Rock and Metal Pandemonium. <laughs> 